What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 67. As always, I'm James. I'm Jared. And I'm Adrian. Joseph is not here. He's at home nursing what I assume was way too rough of a night for him for a Friday, apparently. Yeah. Because it's a whole 12 hours later. I was a part of it as well. We didn't even go that hard, though. Did we, James? Uh, Towards the end, I felt like... I did. I mean, we only had one shot. Joseph was drinking liquor, though, instead of beer. And I, I don't Liquid remember. Courage. I don't remember what specifically he was drinking, but I know he wasn't drinking beer. So yeah. The older I've gotten, the more switching to liquor towards the end of the night and ending on hard liquor really kind of messes up, messes me up the next morning. Oh yeah. Just beer, I'm pretty good. Just liquor, I'm pretty good. But when I mix it now, mm-hmm. man, there's not two bottles of water before bedtime that'll fix it. I just feel terrible the next day. There's yeah. no getting around it. I woke up this morning with a huge headache. I, but it doesn't get any easier in your 30s when you go out and try to have a good time. No, no. I, I Now I live and die by the, you have to drink at least one bottle of water before you go to bed. If, if you want to be the least bit less hungover. I'm always hungover. My body aches. You know, it's not like, like you said, it's not like we used to be 10 years ago. Uh, but man, I have to, if I don't, I, I feel terrible. I act terrible. I'm rude. I'm a fucking bitch. Apparently the next morning. <laughs> just no kidding around. Yeah. The water does the trick for sure. You got to have more than a, a glass of water or at least I do have to have a few. Yeah. Adrian, what about you? Do you have a, by now, have you perfected somewhat a nightly routine to kind of get you through the hangover? Yeah. And, and a long time ago I, I quit drinking liquor. Um, cause it just really messes me up. I think liquor m- messes me up a lot more than beer. Um, like obviously the majority of my friends are all guys. They're all males and they take lots of shots, hard shit like Jameson and <laughs> fucking gross Jack Daniels or whatever. Jim Beam. Jim Beam. You know, and that's why every time you guys take shots, I'm like, no, I'm good because <laughs> just one shot, I'll probably you know, be out in James's backyard fucking puking or something. And <laughs> I don't want that, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I kind of gotten it, gotten into a routine of just making sure that I hydrate myself and making sure that I at least eat decently before I start drinking. And so, which that was one of the big di- deals about last night is I ended up working a pretty long, longer shift than what I normally do. And I ate lunch around 11, but since I ended up staying late, I didn't get off work until 9, so I didn't eat dinner. And then James hit me up and was like, hey, come out. And I was like, bet I'm going to be there. And I never ate. (laughs) And so I hadn't eaten since 11. And so I was pretty much drinking on an empty stomach. And then we ended up at Waffle House. And so. Oh, Waffle House. Okay, so this is is a conversation we had before. I, I, shame. I'm I'm pushing shame out on y'all for Waffle House instead of IHOP. We're in our 30s at this point, folks. <laughs> I was not a leader we last we cannot, night. I was a we follower. We cannot do that shit we did. I, I get up into Waffle House, and I'm worried about my safety at this point. Back in the <laughs> 20s, I didn't give a fuck yeah. about what was going on there. <clears throat> Someone shot, like, guaranteed I'm going to get stabbed if I say the wrong thing to a person. Well, now been, I'm like, oh, no, cannot do that. It's been so long since we've done that. Had a late night experience at either IHOP or Waffle House and we were like, yeah, we're hungry, might as well. And it was kind of a mistake. But it wasn't the food wasn't bad. But the experience it was packed, of course. Yeah, it was packed. And that was like we were, two we were, in the morning. We were all crunched up into like a small little booth table. It was like yeah. seven of us. 
Yeah. And the place is filthy. Yep. Let's be honest. Every Waffle House you've ever walked into is pretty filthy. And the food is going to taste the same no matter where you go at this point. Unless there's some kind of gourmet open all night place. The food's going to taste the same. You go Pretty for the ambiance yeah. and the experience. I feel like I've always been more welcomed at IHOP by the people working there. I feel like the people at Waffle House, they just really hate me for so being our, there while, our, while they're open. So. Our, our waitress last night was actually really nice. She was like 90 years old. But oh, yeah. She, she was, was old. She, she, was but awesome, she, was, she was on top of it. Cleaned the yeah. table real quick. Gave us our silverware, got the food out pretty fast. So, hey, she did her job, but we were crammed in that damn booth. I had to <laughs> yeah. pull up another chair. I was like, this is not fun. Biscuit, biscuits and gravy at fucking 3 o'clock in the morning to <laughs> fucking hit hard. James, what you have? Is that your, is that your go-to breakfast after drinking food, biscuits and gravy, or was that just, I'm just feeling it? I was just feeling it at the time, like... I didn't. I actually didn't know. I anytime I go to Waffle House, I always get the All Star Special, and What's I that? actually that's what I got. It's it's it comes with like a big waffle, two eggs, um, and your choice of like sausage, bacon, or ham. All right. So I ended up she and no one's ever told me this. I, they must. I don't know if they've changed it or what. But she gave me the option. She said, "Do you want a waffle or do you want biscuits and gravy?" <laughs> and I said, did you say biscuits and gravy? I want biscuits and gravy. Everybody else got waffles, but I was like, give me some biscuits and gravy. That cook back and there was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I have to do a special no, for you! I did eat a great. portion of yours, and it was pretty good. What about you? Do you have a go-to breakfast? It has to be It has to be a breakfast food. Not like Because I have a go-to want-desired meal the next morning. Like When I wake up, I want a fucking bacon cheeseburger with an egg. But breakfast food, after a night of drinking, what's your go-to? So Stella makes, um, she chops up potatoes and then puts chorizo in there, mixes it all up, fries it. It's amazing. That would probably be my go-to. And you can eat it with tortillas. You can just eat it by itself. I don't know about most Super people good. listening, but I don't have an awesome Mexican wife that cooks me good food <laughs> like that when I'm drunk at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about shit you buy at IHOP or Waffle House. Yeah. What is your go-to? This motherfucker. Trying to I, I really don't eat breakfast other than He's that. He's hoping that Stella listens to this like, oh, my, my, my husband. <laughs> I don't go out and buy breakfast. I just That's a meal that I usually skip. You said go-to, and I don't have a go-to because I don't do it often enough. But if I had to choose, I guess um, eggs, bacon, pancakes, Sausage, just a traditional breakfast, because that's what I got last night. I got the All Star Special, okay, and that's what it was. Okay, like if 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 I go to Waffle House, it's the All Star Special. If I go to IHOP or Denny's, it's French toast. Interesting. I've never it's, had their French toast. Yeah, if I feel like I'm going to eat breakfast, I have to have all of the the best parts of breakfast. Okay, so I'm usually just like an omelet. Omelets are great. Like I want yeah. an omelet. I feel like that's. But then I always regret it after because I'm always like, man, I should have had a pancake. Because it's hard to beat a pancake. <laughs> it's it hard is. to beat a pancake. All right, so our first topic tonight, James, we're going to dive into sports. What do we got to talk about tonight? First thing. So one hot topic within the past week has been coaches moving, accepting jobs, jumping ship midseason or late in the season when their job is not finished for that year and, and moving on. So we had a couple coaches from the college football landscape move laterally to other positions, um, despite the potential of their teams playing in the postseason. So we had Lincoln Riley jump ship. He went to USC 
a week ago, and then Brian Kelly a few days ago accepted the job at LSU, and he was formerly at Notre Dame. So these are big-time college football programs, and they're accepting other, other jobs without much thought. They're not giving their staff much time to be prepared of the changes or letting the players know. It's kind of just like, hey, I'm going to have this two- to four-minute meeting with you, and I'm going to tell you, and peace. Yeah, I know exactly what you're referencing. It was like a literal four-minute long meeting, and that was it. Yeah, Brian Kelly's was. Now, I've heard Lincoln Riley's was half that, two minutes. That's crazy. Saying, I, I mean, I get ripping the Band-Aid off, but here, here's the problem that I have with coaches leaving in the middle of the season is you cannot call what you're trying to create a program if you're going to give up before the program is finished. Right. Your loyalty doesn't mean shit. Exactly. Which I, that would scare me as a potential school trying to hire out like, Hey, you're willing to leave before the season's up before what you've tried to achieve within this year. Like there's no, there's no commencement that's actually happening. A lot of times when these coaches accept these jobs, they accept them without even interviewing the, the school will just offer them a contract, offer them a deal and it's either take it or not. Especially when you're at the elite level of like a Lincoln Riley, who's had a lot of success recently yeah, or, um, Dabo Sweeney or uh, Jimbo Fisher at A&M. You know, he went from Florida State to A&M. That's probably the most recent huge blockbuster move. But it's not even on the same level as Lincoln Riley because FSU is a down program. And he went to A&M, who was middle of the road, and they had had some success. But Lincoln Riley went from a program that is healthy, strong, great administration, to a program that needs some rebuilding because he wants to take on a new challenge. He wants to resurrect the US, USC Trojan program and, and make it to what it could be. Because it is a sleeping giant, but I, I'm not a fan of the move. I, I'm not a fan of Lincoln Riley right now. <laughs> He's a snake for doing what he did. His staff didn't know, Bob Stoops didn't know, who's really close to the program. Uh, the athletic director didn't know, the president didn't know, he just, dropped it on everybody Sunday morning and everybody was shocked. So are there details of when he was offered the job? Like, is it, I mean, is it really his back door and kind of shady as what you suggest? Or they're just, Hey, here's $6 million for the first year with another 10 million. If you stay another two, I think it can happen abruptly like that, but I don't think that's the case with Lincoln Riley. I think they, they had been in talks with his agent since probably September when Clay Helton was fired at USC so they were looking for another high-profile coach, and I think he's been in talks with them since then. I mean, the week that we played Baylor, um, he was gone for a couple of days because of personal reasons. And I guarantee you he was in L.A. or, you know, mulling it over, talking with his agent and administration from USC. So it's, it's not what he says it is, and I'm confident that, that that's true. I'm, I, I don't think he got off the bus – last Saturday night after losing Oklahoma state on the way home from Stillwater to Norman texted back and forth and magically just created this whole scenario. I don't think that's, there's no validity to that at all. It just doesn't happen that fast, but that's what he says. Hmm. Adrian, where do you sit on the fence with this? I think it's just all about the money, the money. Yep. 
I mean, he's going to get paid close to I mean, twice as much as what he's getting paid Oklahoma. Yeah. I wow. Mean, I mean, that's hard. To I mean, he had a house sh- picked that's hard out. To shake a stick at. He had a house picked out a couple weeks ago in L.A. That's coming out now too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it is it is shady for, and and that, you know, when you said you know that not even the athletic director didn't know and none of the other staff didn't know, that tells me that he had been planning on leaving for a while because he knew now that with all his success, because, well, he was with OU with, what, five years? He was head coach five so, years and with Oklahoma so, for six. So, yeah, so I think he knew in the back of his mind with all his success that other schools were going to want him, and he was just going to pick the one that was going to pay him the most money. So I agree. I don't, I'm not mad at the move. I'm just mad at the way it went down. Oh, yeah. I, I, was... I know I know the reason why he did it because early signing day is now a couple weeks away and he wanted to leave and get ahead of the game with recruiting with his new school. But I just think you, you've promised everyone, faculty, administration, players, coaches, that you're you're committed to this program and you have unfinished business and you're just going to leave. Mm-hmm. That's what I can't tolerate. And there's other coaches that have had opportunities like that that did not do take the route of Lincoln Riley and finished out the season, waited till the off season, then made the move. I mean, I understand him wanting to go to a, a perennial powerhouse like USC and trying to rebuild them from the ground up because they could potentially could be what they were with Pete Carroll. Yeah. But again, twice as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that, that's hard to say no to. He's getting a man. He's getting a but at the 24 same- hour, seven days a week access to a private jet. He's getting a um, $6 million home. See, now that's the thing. I mean, if he had to stuff. buy his own home, that would probably be it. But the California state tax is massive. Massive. It's massive. So his house is, I don't know if it's going to be as big as what it could be like in a, you know. Well, it depends also Dallas on, on it depends Oklahoma also City. on new tax measures, whether or not they're being passed, because like Biden's Build Back Better plan has adjustments to the salt tax. And so that would actually be more beneficial for him to move to a blue state. But we're not going to get into that. So. You're you're just against it all together. Do you think like a season should end? Do you are are you more just hurt as a fan, I'm, hurt as an alum? I'm I'm hurt as both, and as like professionally looking at the situation, I wouldn't have handled it that way. I would have, I would have finished out the season and coached the, the team through the bowl game, and then had a, a, a sit down with administration, coaches, staff, players, and went about my business that way. And just did what I could with recruiting after the the early signing day. What I if mean, they said no? I mean, what if that? What if a little bit of that is the pressure that USC put on him? It's like, hey, you know, we're fucking USC. We want you. We want it to be known. Yeah. I mean, would you? Would you? Can you blame them for back for not backing away at that? And, I can't and, blame blame them for for trying and throwing all this enticing money and contract at him because a lot of people in a situation would have done it but a lot of them wouldn't have done it they would have took the other road and fulfilled their obligations before they moved on i can't fucking stand ou but (laughs) if i were an ou fan i would be upset too but because it's not like the nfl like the nfl is a fucking business right coaches come and go players come and go it's a business not to be confused with texas tech (laughs) <laughs> but college, on the other hand, like when it comes to coaches and players, there's a lot more like emotional connection 
you know, uh, that you have. Well, you've got families players. involved. Yeah, you've got, you got parents families. that you've promised. You've yeah. got, you've got kids that you've promised. And mm -hmm. but that should change, should it not? With the way NCAA is kind of being revolutionized, and the way that students are being able to really monetize themselves and take it. I'm all of that. for them. Should, but but that, as, as an overall yeah. aspect, then if that aspect of the student role is changing in the sport and the way that it's played in the NCAA the evolution of the way coaches are treated and the way that they are able to move in and out should kind of evolve with yeah, that as well. I think the coaches set the precedent for the way that the players operate now with the NIL, with transfer portal and all that stuff. The coaches really were like used car salesmen for a long time, right? They would, they would pitch a good pitch and they would say good things, they would promise things, but then they would be gone. And the players were stuck. You know, it used to be that way. But now, throughout the years, the rules have changed. Now players can move around, and I think that's good. If, if, they, don't, if they feel like they're, they don't have the best opportunity or if they're not at the right place, they should be able to transfer. Um, I just think that there should be more responsibility on the coaches to fulfill their promise to the kids and to the university, to the parents, to the fans, uh, it just sucks because that's what college football is now. Coaches can leave at any moment, and it's all—it's a shady business now. I think it's always been a shady business. I mean, you can't—you can't, you can't have that much money to a being, certain degree. You can't have millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. What was it like? The UT Stadium was getting like a million dollars a game in fucking revenue. What was it six years ago when they were trying to rebuild onto the new part of the stadium? And they were talking about this is going to generate an extra million dollars a game in revenue. I'm like, fuck that. Someone's getting paid. Somewhere there's going to be some kind of line of corruption. Well, and so then it's more like the NFL, and the only true bleeding heart is still in high school. Yeah, um, Lincoln Riley. The move, the move is gonna hurt us because of the timing and how it all went down. He's leaving a healthy program that is now gonna take a nosedive potentially. I mean, if we don't get the right guy hired, and we should announce it tomorrow or Monday, who we're gonna hire. But he left the program in a, in a little bit of disarray with with recruiting. I mean, we've already lost seven or eight recruits. We've had a few players get into the transfer portal. His actions affected the health of the program that Bob Stoops handed over to him five years ago, which was healthy. Bob Stoops stepped down, retired. The program was at its all-time high. They, they went to the playoff the next year with Lincoln, in Lincoln Riley's first year. He had it made. So what you're saying is Lincoln Riley is pretty much a shit coach. If he was given this great program – and then a few years later, leaves the program and the program collapses. It's just a slap in the face to everyone that gave him his opportunity. I get what you're saying. And, I get what you're saying. You know, he was handed a great program. He is a good coach. I don't. It's yet to be seen if he's a great coach. Every year at Oklahoma, he's progressively gotten worse. Every team has progressively gotten worse, and everybody wants to give him all the all the. Uh, Respect for Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray winning the Heisman and Jalen Hurts coming in and coming in as runner-up in the Heisman. But all those guys were coming to play because they wanted to play for Bob Stoops. They wanted to play for the brand. Baker Mayfield grew up an Oklahoma fan. He, just, he was an all-time Sooner fan, and he walked on to the university and wanted to play. Lincoln Riley didn't make him. No. He had the talent. Whoever the offensive coordinator was going to be, he was going to be successful. 
I, I don't know. It's yet to be seen if he can really do what everyone thinks he's going to do at USC. I think he's going to fail. I hope he does. It sounds like gonna, he has a pattern of I think, failing I now think, with OU. I, I think karma's gonna gonna hit him right in in the kisser. He in left a program that's that is extremely healthy, moving into the SEC, well, and that was another factor. People say, "Oh, he was scared to coach in the SEC." Well, and like maybe you said, he was, but and like you said, um, he was handed that program. You know, so was he? really the coach that everyone thought he was no i I don't think so because you look at most recent seasons the past two to three seasons he finally got his own recruit in at quarterback which is spencer rattler and what happened to rattler he's ass (laughs) he got benched last year against texas he came back had a strong second half of the Mm -hmm. season did great right this season started off very shaky got benched again at texas Mm mm-hmm that's his quarterback. That's the quarterback, that, the first one that he groomed and recruited, and he failed. So where's the allure that is Lincoln Kelly? <laughs> like, what is it? What is it, that gets it what, is, what is it that gets him? All right, Lincoln Correct. Riley, whatever Correction. the fuck his name is. People are just, they're pumping him up to be a great quarterback coach, a great court offensive mind, which he is. But there have been, if you're a close closely uh, in tune with the program like I am. You've watched every game. His yes, play James. calling is not as, as good as everyone thinks it is on the outside looking in. All the outsiders want to you know, crown him and put him on his pedestal as the greatest offensive mind around. I don't think that's the case. And folks, to our listeners, if you don't believe James, he is really a huge OU fan. This motherfucker paid $55 to watch them play. What was the, what was the name of that team? <laughs> every they year they on pay-per-view? Uh, yes, every year they have a pay-per-view game. This year they played Western Carolina and beat yeah. them 77-0. Yeah, he paid $55 Look, to see that. I've been, been in Houston since I was a kid, and so dedication. much that I went and got my master's there, and now I'm an alum, very proud of the university, proud to be a part of it. But it's just uh, – it. And me being a coach myself, looking at it from different perspectives, different angles, I can see why he did it. I wouldn't have done it that way. And then on the other hand, as a fan, alum, I'm upset about it, the way it went down. You really put the Because o- of the way, the shape that he's left our program in. You put the OU in cocksucker. <laughs> and you put the Red Raider rash in Red Raider rash. I told you that in private. You're not well, supposed to say that shit. You told me podcast. in confidence, but <laughs> you upset me, so I've got to throw I it I understand there. that. Okay, so I'm curious about Adrian's opinion of today's Baylor game. Were you were you stunned? Were you shocked? I mean, it was a really big deal on Twitter, and everyone everyone was really upset about it. So get this, I didn't watch the game. You didn't watch it, but so, you seen it because you I was seen it on the Twitters. But I went to the barber shop at two thirty and get my hair cut, and it was in the last like two minute like minute and forty five seconds of the game, of the fourth quarter. And that's what I watched. Yeah, I watched Oklahoma State. That's what everyone's gonna driving down so. and driving down and uh, trying to come back to win it. And I really thought they were going to. I was like, "Fuck, Oklahoma State's gonna score here," um, especially after they called that pass interference on Baylor. I was like, "Fuck, they just got a new set of downs. They're right there on the one yard line. Mm-hmm. They're gonna fucking get it." And then number forty two on Baylor makes that fucking great tackle and keeps that dude from going into the end zone. That was I thought just that last. A minute and 45 seconds that I watched. It was awesome. 
And I'm glad Baylor won. It was a great good, game. It's good football. Great game. It was a great defensive five. game. And, you know, you don't see that as much in the Big 12 historically over the past, you know, 15 years. But um, it was a little bit of a throwback game. It was, man, Spencer Sanders threw four interceptions. He looked awful. And it came down to inches at the end. Football is a game of inches. It was, aw- it was awesome. I loved it. I fucking hate Came up OU. short. I hate Oklahoma State. I hate the entire state of Oklahoma. And so I'm glad that fucking Baylor won. If any of our so fans glad. are from Oklahoma, <laughs> fuck I'm, y'all. I'm going to agree with Adrian. Well, fuck, fuck you y'all. too. Well, <laughs> fuck you. You know, you just went to fuck school there both. for a little bit. You just wasted your money. It's not wasteful it's because great, you're going to get something great out state. of it. You just, you know, fuck you. Believe it or not, uh, us living in the pan, we have a lot in common with the state of Oklahoma, so I don't want to hear it. What, that we're at the same fucking latitude? Not the latitude. That's about it. Our roads, the, the, our roads are better. What you need to understand is our, living our in the panhandle, living in the panhandle, you are treated as the redheaded stepchild of the state of Texas. Nobody gives us any respect up here. Nobody even knows we exist. Who the <laughs> fuck in Texas deserves our respect? Austin is a shithole. That's Dallas right. has improved for a little bit, and then it became I'm just a saying, that's, that's, that's the truth. South Texas has Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, and that's about it now. <laughs> There's nothing else. Oklahoma is a blue collar state, hardworking people. Um, I can relate to that meth where heads. we're from. A There's a lot of meth, meth heads meth. here. There's, There's some, probably more meth heads per capita here than well, they go back and forth anywhere down, else down I-40 to Oklahoma. All of the small so. towns around around here, including Amarillo, we're all fucked up on meth. Seems like <laughs> it's always a problem. Yeah. Pampa, are you kidding me? Herford, Methgan, yeah. they're all <laughs> Herford. Someone, someone they all called, have the stench of meth. Pampa, Come on Afghanistan, and Afghanistan. That's, that's, that's been one of the funniest things. If you're from Pampa, again, we don't care. But I don't have a problem with Pampa people. I don't think I know. I mean, we get from we get Pampa. shit on a lot for being up here, a lot, especially in the football world and recruiting and recognition, respect. It's true. Very it's because we true. don't we don't put out very many stars we for, i for, feel like we the, do the area that we have not not the yeah capital, we're not, not a metroplex not people, we're not, not a people, metroplex but we have great we talent have. up here that goes unnoticed a lot and gets overlooked a lot absolutely absolutely even by our own institution in canyon they don't recruit heavily in this area no because then it would grow in this area i think they want to keep wt small wt had a great has had great opportunities well, that, to but, get huge but they don't want to be huge obviously they want to stay. They Canyon. have the potential to be a Division One program again. Yeah, but they don't want to be because then Canyon would be massive if they became a Division One large program. And I think they Canyon have the resources to, to do it, but they're not going to do it. No, at least with the administration they have now. But who knows in the future? Speaking of someone with lots of resources, this is somebody that I think everyone can agree is just a huge, huge douchebag. Uh, what happened to Mr. Joel Austin this week? Osteen? Austin? So... That guy. Apparently, there was a plumber that was removing a toilet. And it was, you know, part of the, the plumbing was attached to the wall. He had to remove part of the tile. And behind the tile, behind the sheetrock, there were a bunch of envelopes. Envelopes with contents inside, such as cash, checks... And it had been reported, I think, like seven years before that, that there was a robbery and all this money was stolen, all these checks were stolen. And turns out they're on the wall. 
Allegedly. <laughs> it was like, but what's crazy is it's like, I, I remember seeing reports and it was $600,000 found. And I was like, that's a very specific amount. Okay. <laughs> and then a couple of days later it was, oh yeah, Joel Osteen, you know, filed for the robberies and in $600,000. I was like, damn. I mean, you cannot look at that guy and not know he's not only a creep, but he's doing some shit that's fucked up. All of them are, dude. All of those Every major... Every huge TV evangelical Christian. Oh, oh yeah. I agree. Well, even yeah. local ones. Man, come on. Let's not kid ourselves here. Even the local ones are making millions. Amarillo has They're made all corrupt. an industry out of church. Yeah, it's a huge big business. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of... We we, we call that one over on Sonsi. I call it Fort God. Because it, it's, <laughs> oh, just, it's just a massive... I mean, there's the other one over on the other side of, of what was it, the loop. Yeah, they're just huge complexes, huge, yep. and there's no there's there's no good that can come from that. There's just not. I mean, I don't know. I don't spend too much time in places like that anyway. So I, I mean, I don't either. I've just never, I've never been a huge church person anyway since I was young. Um, I love I love being a part of a, a organization that does it the right way, but it just seems like these days in modern times. They're all about their own agenda, and their interests are not where they should be. It's hard to look at that and think, is that anything, like anything, Jesus had in mind? And it's hard to look at that and say, yeah, that's exactly what, what well, Jesus you, had in mind. So it's, You have all that money. It's going to be turned off by that. I don't know. If, if it were me thinking in the mind of someone like Jesus— you give the money away. You build for the people that have nothing. Mm-hmm. You invest in them. You use your resources to better the lost individuals amongst your community. But there's no free coffee in that. <laughs> there's no coffee Co- bar. You're, so there's you're no telling no me coffee, coffee is still $8 that. there? I have no idea how much that coffee is. <laughs> I mean. Surely they have free. I, that's like paying three obviously bucks for a bottle just, of water that's free on the tap. You don't. It's just over. It's overkill with everything. And that's what Joel Osteen was. Osteen, however the hell you say his last name. You don't he need was, a... He G- was overkill. Like, like multiple cars, million dollar homes. You don't need a million dollar home. What, I mean, you don't need these these million dollar facilities. Oh, shit. I'm you need a facility big enough to gather people, but you don't need all this state-of-the-art stuff and, and things that are unnecessary. And you don't need... Like I shared a Instagram page with Adrian and it is preachers with sneakers, right? Yeah. And these preachers, like they post uh, bios of different preachers and they take, they'll take different, you know, photos and they'll analyze their shoes. Turns out these preachers love to spend their money on shoes. They'll, they'll walk around with 2000, 5,000, $10,000 shoes, believe it or not. I've got to share it with you. It's, How the it's fascinating. hell do you buy a $10,000 pair of shoes, period? They're out there. Like, I know there's people that, that, that are really big in, like, sneaker game, and mm-hmm. they will keep those. And it's not it's not a, they're, they're dressing it to, to, to make themselves look good because they're a part of religion and they're wanting to present themselves as something mightier than the people that come to them and bullshit like that. I that mean, I'm sure preachers do. But these people just collect sneakers, and it's what they invest in, and it's something that, that's their art. It's their passion. But yeah, I don't get that. I don't get a man of God doing that. Well, you're supposed to be able to relate to your people, right? Yeah. 
if you're wearing $2,000 shoes, you think you're going to relate to very many people. I think if you are a good preacher, you need to try to relate and you actively try to relate to your people. However, if you're a con man or trying to You live to use, above your means. Yeah, you live or, above your means. Or if you're essentially, and I'm, I, I'm going to offend people with this, but if you're using religion as some kind of hustle to pimp out, Yes. That's how you dress. I think that's the that's essentially what's happening pimping. now. Yeah. They're using the religion and their their manipulation, their power to to pimp out what they're delivering to everyone. Like they're there's what they're trying to sell to everyone, they're they're abusing it and And there's tons of people like that everywhere. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to just I don't know. Adrian's shaking her head. <laughs> Adrian agrees. What is your what, what's your opinion manage. on this? Well, I'm reading Joel Osteen's Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. And there's like a controversies section of the article. And this dude is has a net worth over $50 million. His church takes, takes in $43 million a year in collections. Right? And so I'm just like dumbfounded by that and then i'm reading about hurricane harvey which of course happened uh in 2017 in the houston area which which he locked joe, his doors joe, right joe osteen is from houston and he has a church that actually used to it's so big it used to be a sports arena it's a 600 and 600 and 600 square foot 16,000 seat former sports arena and he refused to make it available as a emergency <laughs> shelter for all the families that were displaced by the fucking hurricane. Right. I remember. And, I remember the controversy when this first came out because he had posted some kind of fucked up tweet saying, "Yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone and shit like that." But then, I you know because that's something that's some bullshit that he would do. But then, yeah, they. I don't know about you guys, but every time I would leave then, a mega church like that, I would always feel worse about myself. And then, even even though all the money that he fucking makes and that he's worth, they he accepted a four point four million four point four million dollars in federal PPP loans, or for those that don't know what that is, it's COVID relief money. Wow! Last year in two thousand twenty, even though he makes fifty million and it makes forty three million dollars a year in fucking collections, this motherfucker getting COVID COVID relief payments. It's ridiculous, man. You know, and again, it's the the whole basis of this should be if you're in some kind of business to make a profit, that's one thing. Go out and make a profit. But if you're selling religion and you're taking advantage of religious tax breaks and you're placing yourself out to be that person, I think you need to get called on your bullshit when it's fucking bullshit. Well, in the grand scheme of things, from from just looking in from, you know, a different perspective, it's brilliant the way that they're they're moving as these figures because they're they're essentially stealing money and manipulating people to give them money to make them richer and it's they're they're finding loopholes to do this and they're using this propaganda to push into people to make themselves richer it's it's a brilliant scheme and they have the best thing to fall back on it's all for god yeah and they say that and the people that are generally probably good people and believe him and think that that money's going to be used for good other than buying himself ten thousand dollar shoes just get played they get played and he's and behind the scenes he's probably well i'm not saying probably he is he's a hundred percent different person most of them are when they're not standing there 
gloating and soaking in all of the attention on the stage or pulpit, wherever yeah. they are. It's a character they're playing. Yeah, it's it's a huge character show. You know, it's it's a it's just it's terrible because they they get what they want. They know they're going to get what they want what they want because they have the religion to back them up to sell and using God is a good way to cover up a lot of things. I yeah. bet you he's a real asshole in person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like no I bet doubt. you like I bet you if like a fan fan of his or do, would you call somebody who follows Joel Osteen a fan or like I bet he, he, yeah, I bet there are, yeah, fan? hardcore fans. Surely fan. he's got fans. Yeah. People I mean he, I'm I sure mean, he has a merch store. So I'm surely he has fucking fans. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's got a carousel of, of wives. Followers. We'll call it say followers. Let's say one too. of his followers. <laughs> yeah. He's got, say one of his followers comes up to him on the street and says, hey, Joel, I, you know, really love you. And I listen to your word and blah, blah, blah. I bet he fucking just brushes them off. Or like, like God, you know God appreciates Most what rich you do people and do. thank you. And Most yeah. rich people do. Yeah. And, and they have the, the, the perfect fallback. Well, and hang- justification of what they're doing. They cover it up with religion. They justify everything and manipulate it through religion, through their propaganda and how they put, how they verse everything, how they phrase everything, and they make you feel bad in return if you try to challenge. Yeah. Fuck Joel Osteen. Pussy. Yeah, I hope he gets into a lot of trouble. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I hope it just doesn't get swept under the rug, and he's just saying, "No, you know, that was from something else, and this and that." And I'm hoping there's the, that the investigation turns out that he was as fraudulent as we all kind of assumed that he was. He's probably selling dope. Could be. I mean, a lot of those high-profile money in the fucking wall. That sounds like some shit. Preachers are. <laughs> sounds like some shit. shit I've seen in a Ti movie once. Yeah. I mean, they're all involved in some other behind the scenes activity, whether it's criminal, whether it's not criminal. I mean, I'm not going to place a, a blanket over every single one of these guys because I feel like there are good people out there, but what was that? Movie? I just don't have faith. Well, in I people. think, I think that's the, and I think that's the separation of, you can tell when you, like you said, when you leave a mega church, you feel worse. However, I bet if you went to one of these small churches, you go in and just the, the people that are there, are genuine. They want to be yeah. there because they're, yeah. they're there for the right reasons. Yeah, we go to. They're not there to get an eight dollar coffee and and, and, and socialize the circus. and network mm-hmm. and drop their kids off and see their friends and gossip about and gossip Bob and Jill and what they did to their. And oh my gosh, did you see the Millers and their new thing that they put their fence that they put? I'm using this as an example. Right. Because did I just you see recently... on Facebook the post that she posted the other day? Yeah. Or like, hey, did you see the Millers and did you see that they painted their their fence around their AC unit? I'm using that as an example because <laughs> Greenways apparently has an HOA mm-hmm. and you have to have a fence that covers up your AC unit. Wow. And so shit like that. Yeah. That's that's not people are there for the wrong reasons. People are there exactly. to see other people and network and socialize and they they go through the 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 motions of being good people and being but not, not just people. good people. There you go. Faithful religious people. That's they do the go through the motions, but when they leave that place, they're not. Yeah. It, it vanishes. They wear their Jesus and coffee shirts. Yeah. But don't take us wrong, Lebanese people. We're all we're all good people. 
Um, all right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move on to our next topic. This was some shit, especially having Adrian on. I like I like her perspective. This was some shit that I saw, and I know that it was. I know that they had one in Australia, and I feel like they have one in Canada as well. And I may be wrong about it being in Canada, but New York is going to allow is going to be the f- nation is going to open the nation's first supervised consumption site for illegal drugs. <laughs> so it's going to be run by essentially two nonprofits. However, they are going to be taking in some taxpayer money, so it is going to be somewhat tax you know taxpayer funded money. But there's going to be opportunities for them to get clean there. But they're still going to provide a place for them to go in, inject heroin, sit in a fucking waiting room, and so they don't OD, and then release so, them. It, and but it's a it's a place you can go in, knowing full well that it's a federal crime and it's illegal, and they're just going to allow people to. So is shoot it up. is it legal as soon as they get in there and they sign their paperwork? Still completely illegal. It's again, it's a federal crime. So how is this allowed? Fuck if I know. At all. How is it allowed at Because all? it's in New York City and it's not in the middle of Montana. It's not in the middle so of... So after they drug these people up, are they going to take care no, of them? No, they use their own drugs. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is Okay, so the, the whole reason that they said this, uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor from New York, was cited the statistic that last year in New York, t- 2,000 people in the year 2020 overdosed. And they've seen in, in Australia and some of the other places that they've had this that it's been successful in curbing those. They're trying to cut down the amount of overdoses that are caused and deaths that are caused from overdosing and they see this as a potential way of making sure that everyone can be clean and they're not spreading hiv by double dosing and using multiple needles they're going to be safe they're going to be a place that offers them hey come into this spot and if you don't want to shoot up we'll tell you about some rehab facilities that are available i'm sure at taxpayer cost so after they take their drugs they're just going to lock them in a room or they just hang no they hang apparently they hang out in the waiting room until (laughs) they um until they they know they're not going to overdose and then they're free to go but they they, they've likened it to the dmv can you imagine being like man i just got my heroin i need to go get a fix i'm gonna go sit and wait for three hours that doesn't sound like a drug (laughs) dealer the something that a drug dealer would or a drug user would counterintuitive i don't know it seems fucking stupid it does seem stupid because that What's the difference in that and them just going to their house and doing it? I mean, medical care. I bet they have free water and cookies. Who's who's funding the people to do this? They're, it's run by by a couple of nonprofits, but they do take in some taxpayer money. So a little bit of taxpayers, a little bit of nonprofit money. So you're paying for people to get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. And and the people that are taking care of them are they licensed Oh, I'm Medical sure. Oh, yeah, I'm staff, sure. They're, I'm sure they're nurses, licensed paramedics. I mean, this is this this is the exact reason why people are leaving New York City. People like my dad are leaving New York City is because the government there is just so terrible. Just like same reason why people are leaving California. Because like if you go to San Francisco, which I wasn't in San Francisco, but my mom lives in Shasta Lake, and last last year for my birthday, I went to flew into Sacramento. And even just there in Sacramento, it's not probably as bad as San Francisco because I've heard of about San Francisco, like people going down uh, a where where all the drug users are, like people are just shooting up in the streets, but yeah. then like the government will go down, send people down there to give them clean needles to do it with. Yeah. And like all these homeless, there's so many homeless people and they just like openly take a shit in the street the law enforcement doesn't do anything because the government won't let them do anything yeah yeah these are public policies that are set and here's the thing i mean i'm i'm 
I'm happy that your dad is wanting to get out of New York because I bet that place is a fucking shit. Yeah, he's in, he's been in PA and, now and for this the last is, two years. This is nothing against. I mean, I'm 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 significantly more conservative than I am anything else. And this is nothing against Democrats, but this is the problem when we have people like Better or Work with again. I don't give a fuck if he's a Democrat, but he's literally wanting to turn Texas into something that's not Texas. He's saying that we want to come and get your. His policies are... Our capital is already something that is not Texas. Yeah, but he's willing to turn Texas more blue. And Texas not always needs to stay red, but we don't need policies that mirror things in California and New York. No, not at all. Overtaking Texas. No. That's the good thing about being a fucking union, is New York can stay New York all you want, but Texas needs to stay Texas. California can stay California. That's... that. What happened to that? where we enjoyed being from Texas and we respected people from California. They were just different people and they fucking stayed there. <laughs> they don't stay there anymore. They're all leaving. And, but and they think changing they're, the way they're Texas leaving, is to they're, match them is the, the main, best thing. The main reason why people are leaving places like California and New York is because they can't afford to fucking live there anymore. Because their taxes like, are too high. It, like my sister, my, my, my sister's husband... He's originally from Oregon, which Oregon is pretty much becoming just like California. Um, she, he was in the military, and she met him in Texas in at at in Colleen. He was based at Fort. He was in Fort Hood at the time, but when they got married, they moved to Oregon, and they they were in Oregon for a number of years. And she and he told her for the longest time, I'll never leave Texas. I'll never leave Oregon. Never live in Texas. There's nothing there. Blah 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 blah. All right, because uh, I'll miss the mountains and I'll miss all the beautiful trees and blah blah blah. I got two trees but, in my house. <laughs> They're probably but old he too. Finally, <laughs> because of how bad Oregon has gotten, he said, "Let's go to Texas, babe." Now they're in Texas, so they just bought a house over here. Um, just just outside of Bushland here, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that, that and even that's though, great. Even though he hates Texas, he we're getting a lot he of can tech, afford to live California here. transplants here lately that have, yeah. that have boomed our our outskirts of the city. I yeah, mean, yeah. And again, it's not bad, but the thing is, is there are specific social changes that took place in those in those areas there's specific policy changes that took place in those areas there's specific tax changes that took places in those areas that don't mirror what made texas desirable to get here so i don't understand that i like that place let me go there and try to make it like the shithole i just came back from (laughs) that's my only concern is that because like you said people are fucking stupid and that's this type of shit that they'll do they'll force their old ways of life and political views and, and the way that they went about their, their business. And it's eventually going to intertwine into our society. Well, we've already seen it with people like Beto and these progressive individuals who want to change like Texas guy. and flip Texas on its head and turn it into something that it's not. Yeah. I feel like even though we are seeing an influx of people from other states coming here, I still don't see them outnumbering real Texans who still have you know, those Texas ways and more conservative views. And I, I, I still see us staying red. Well, see, we no have that what. here, but we I don't agree. have that. We don't have that in any Metroplex. We it's don't just, have that in the DFW Metroplex. It's not there in Austin. It's not in the greater Houston area. That shit's as about as blue as you can get. Rural yeah. Texas is always going to be red. And that's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, 
evident that that the bigger cities are all going to become progressive and that's just the way it is no matter where you're at yeah the more people you gather together the less resources they are and the more they depend on somebody to provide them resources i mean that that's just flying by the seat of my pants and again this is our invitation if there's anybody that is left-leaning we want you on the podcast because i don't know anybody that wants to come on yet well we'll find somebody but it, it is interesting that the landscape of, of our state it changed to a certain degree but i don't think it'll ever change completely and i'm i'm i feel safe knowing that speaking of feeling safe how do you feel with this new omicron variant uh i don't know much about it we were making jokes about it last night actually because of the name i've been i've been i've been vaccinated and i just got i just got the third booster shot on thursday yeah Um, this is your third booster or it's your first booster third shot well yeah it's the third it's my third vaccine okay i get what you're saying so i got i got the the moderna vaccine my first shot back in january and then i got my second one in february and then i found out that work um was offering the third shot which is i guess considered a booster yeah um to employees they're also giving it to the inmates uh and so they were like you qualify to come get it because you've already got your two your other two shots so they were like come on and come and get it so i went and got it and you haven't had covid i i no, i haven't gotten covid that i know of yeah and james you've had covid and they were not vaccinated or did you end up getting vaccinated I got vaccinated after I had COVID. So I got COVID in, in June of 2020. And then I got the vaccine this year in February or March. And I got the Johnson and Johnson one along with hundreds of other people from the district that day. Uh, it did make me really sick the day after. And everywhere, everywhere I go, whoever I tell that I got the Johnson and Johnson, they're like, Oh, they kind of, kind of chuckle and laugh and mock and make fun. I'm like, Hey man, at that time, vaccine shaming. It was just a <laughs> six it, yeah. months after. That's stupid. There were six people that had blood clots nationwide, and that was the big yeah. uproar about it. But hey, I wanted one shot and and get it over with. Yeah, I got vaccinated back in I think March because I had my, I think I had my second one in April, and I didn't. I, my first one was fine. My second one, I needed like a fifteen minute power nap, and I and I was good. I don't think I'll get another booster. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'll get a booster because I feel like. I mean, we have such good treatment plans now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think it's. I, I feel like it's maybe yeah, I, feel, or Johnson and Johnson or maybe Moderna or Pfizer that's coming out with a new pill that once you get it, it pretty much is like a hundred percent. You won't die. They, they have like they, fucking a. They have like these infusion things now. Yeah, too. Like Everybody my mom gets my mom. She's technically my grandmother, but I call her mom. She recently we found out she got she tested positive for covid a couple of days ago but her symptoms were were not bad symptoms yeah. um she she was feeling okay um but she went to go get an infusion and i didn't know what that was yeah. i still don't if anybody can fill me in on it's what an infusion basically is basically you're getting anticlonal you're you're getting antibodies Anti- antibodies yeah okay. you're getting antibodies you're getting anticlonal so like bodies an, an injection of some kind yeah yeah and it's it's just a it's just a way of helping fight it but they they along with these anticlonal bodies i think is what they're called and these vaccines are fucking brilliant mm-hmm. like how effective are the vaccines and the boosters 
Oh, like the vaccines and the boosters are still like, yeah, they they cut your ability to, uh, if you catch it, they cut your ability of going into, going into the hospital by like tenfold, ninefold. Mm-hmm. It's like a 90% chance that you won't go into the hospital on on top of a virus that already is pretty, but unless you're high, high in the age range and you have the, a lot of comorbidities. How long is the sustainability of that? booster or, or vaccine well it seems like this variant omicron is pretty much like a like a real mild cold whereas delta delta was a lot more serious i would think this is the one that we want everyone to get and this is the one that we want to stay prevalent and not become a variant of because it's the 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 side effects that everything mild. of it is it's mild mm-hmm. i mean it's a fucking virus we're gonna be around this thing forever thank god this was not something that caused massive amount of deaths it's still ranging at like the two percent chance that if you get it you're actually going to pass away from it and mm-hmm. that's really over the fucking age range of zero to 90 if fucking zero to 35 if you catch it it's really fucking rare that you die unless you're you see it you have cystic fibrosis or you have some other kind of comorbidities think we're lucky that it is what it is and we have the fucking technology and the smart people in the world to create these things right but it's still, if they're not in place the death rate, death toll would be a lot higher and people would be a lot more sick. And, you know, the the mass hysteria of being afraid of it is kind of going away. I think it depends on where you live. Right. I mean, if you're still... I mean, around here, people I, aren't afraid of it. I still see people by themselves in their fucking cars wearing masks. <laughs> yeah. The ones that are, they're, it's a small percentage. Yeah. The majority of people are just living their lives. And I'm, t- I'm to the point where, okay, COVID, Omicron, Delta, if it ain't one thing, it's going to be another in the future. There's always going to be something that's going to pop up that's going to be deadly or, or a new disease is going to affect us. Just take the proper precautions, take the vaccine, and, and protect yourself and live your life. With adults, I've lost respect for the adults, sorry, that are still wearing just the piece of shit masks. <laughs> and I've gained significantly more respect for the adults that are wearing N95s. Like, if you're wearing an N95 and you're part wearing it the proper way, you're telling me that you actually do care. And you're taking the... If you're wearing a fucking chin strap mask... A chin a thing, diaper. A chin diaper or a thing that just covers up over... You're not wearing something that actively does reduce the virus. Well, you're just buying into the shit... That we were told last year. Dude, I think the the surgical masks can do more harm than good. I don't How I feel about them. They're they're not they're not effective. People don't use them properly. You're constantly adjusting them with your hands. Your hands are touching surfaces. It's just not practical in my eyes. It's it's just. It's I mean, there's always a scenario where yeah, wearing a mask, even if it's something really basic, was good. I still think last year, the, one of the reasons that we did so well curbing down COVID and flu and things like that was everybody in the school was masked and we cleaned the fuck out of everything That was the biggest thing, constantly. the cleaning. Yes. The cleaning is what's going to do it, not a fucking mask. But I do think the mask helped. I do think the to mask helped. To a certain helped. degree, but... It's, well, being at an elementary, it certainly helped because we didn't... I mean, it was really easy. A kid starts sneezing and stuff, but and like, you could switch that mask out every 30 minutes and that kid wasn't sending boogers everywhere. And that happens in public. What what would you say the percentage is that, that those masks are doing their job in public of stopping of like stopping, COVID and stopping stuff? droplets, COVID the spread. Oh, I would say at least 25 to 50%. I say there was, I, I think I they would were say very even, effective. I would say least than that. I would say they're effective. Cause when I wore them, I was at least a little bit more cognizant of, you know, if I'm coughing, I want to make sure I'm doing it in a specific way. I'm not, 
We, we know a lot of right. mouth you're, breathers. You're, you're more aware. I would say between 10 and 20%. I, I would agree with that too. Um, they're just not used properly and they become a cesspool. It becomes a cesspool. You have your own, your own nasty breath in your face all day. You're touching your face. I can't you're touching it. your mask. Your mask is dropping on the ground. You're adjusting it all the time. I feel like it did more harm than good. Do you still have to wear a mask, yes. Adrian? Yeah. Was Do you prisons, have to wear an N95? Pris- prisons are still exempt from the whole um, mask, not having to wear a mask thing. Because when, when Abbott got rid of the mask mandate, um, prisons, correctional facilities were exempt, nursing homes, hospitals, you know, medical facilities. So, yes, I still have to wear a mask every day at work, and it sucks. I hate it. What kind do you wear? I just wear a regular cotton one, just a, just because I feel like like the tube ones. Is that the one you wear? That's what I wore. I wore the little gaiters. No, I don't and wear. I, I don't. Those. I don't have a gaiter just because it it makes it makes my neck hot. They always fall. I down. might I might wear a gaiter like during the winter when it's cold, but like right now when it, when it's still warm outside, which surprisingly it's still in the fucking seventies and we're in December, but <laughs> You're um, right. it's December fourth. Yeah, so. Terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just wear a regular cotton one just because it's it's comfortable. Because I hate wearing like those ones that have like the elastic and it hurts behind your ears. I oh, don't yeah, like those. those, those. That's, that's, that's why masks. I don't like wearing the N95s or KN95s because they they're super uncomfortable. And you know I teach, so I talk all day, mm-hmm. and so having that N95 like really restricts, you know. You trying to talk makes it know. hard to breathe and yeah, so I just wear yeah. like a regular cotton one. So, how much are those uh, M ninety five ones? Are they oh, a little bit more no expensive? Idea. Yeah, I've never purchased. One. I I feel like they they're not. I feel like they're more expensive. Maybe like what you could buy fifty masks for, you could probably buy five in ninety fives. So does it have like the little filter on it? No, is that what? No, they're that just was... no, they're not filtered. That's the thing. The ones with the little filters are fucking terrible because it's just letting out the droplets that the whole mass things were supposed to stop. The N95s actually are interwoven in a way that it stops the virus particles from coming out because the, otherwise they would just stop water droplets. Okay. So but the virus is you can small you can buy through. a you can buy a pack of twenty on Amazon right now for sixteen ninety nine. This is what I don't get. And that's a limited time deal. It's on sale because regular price is fifty eight ninety five. This is and what I don't get about the masks, wash that dude. Shit. This is what I don't get. I'm not a medical expert. You have a mask on all day. You're speaking. You're going about your day. You take it off. You've got all that shit on your face. And you wipe your hand on your face. You touch something. It just seems like it's it's more of a spreader. I think if used correctly, the mask works. But the majority of people... I think Nine it only works. Don't. I think it only works in face-to-face contact. If I'm if I'm talking yeah. to you, yeah. that's the only time it works. But yeah. if you're just walking around, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, just the the immediate contact that you have with a person. But I don't know. I'm not a big fan of them. I just don't think they fucking work. I don't wear them anymore unless I have to. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think I ever will again. I I do I do I did enjoy some days though. This was back when it first started. And places that, like nobody was going out, and you could walk into Sam's, and there'd be like three or four people there. I do, re- I did enjoy wearing a mask then. Is it halftime now? Yeah, I mean, Michigan's I, still up. Uh, yeah, Michigan's up fourteen to three, I believe, Yeesh. on Iowa in the Big Ten championship. If they hold on to win, they'll go to the playoff. Uh, yeah, but what's next on our topics? Um, I have no idea. 
Um, the next thing that we should talk about is, um, oh, that's fucking depressing. Ah, fuck it. We're going a little political anyway. Um, so there was a school shooting in Michigan and everyone is again is, is back on the kick of, well, we need to have stricter gun control. Um, where do you guys sit on? Well, I found it who's interesting to blame with that. I found it interesting that they were. Uh, prosecuting the parents see now this one i absolutely agree with and I, don't, I haven't read into it i don't know the facts and details of it apparently they're the ones who gave him the gun okay they not only gave him the gun but i also prosecuted i also it. saw now this is this is hugely allegedly i have no clue if this is true or not and so i'm i may just be spreading false news but i don't fucking care um something like the mom texted him after when the shooting was happening, something something along the lines of "I hope you're I, I hope you make good choices" or something like that, something that would allege that they potentially knew that this could have been happening, and and allowed so it. So they happen. provided him a firearm. Apparently, Dad bought in it over recreation purposes. Yeah, Dad apparently bought it. The the family apparently bought it over Black Friday. Mm-hmm. They bought it as a Christmas gift for him. Yeah, and, and gave it to the kid, which is completely legal. You can, as a parent, you can buy your kid a gun, but. No child should ever, no one should ever have access to firearms like that. No child should ever have access to firearms. No. They shouldn't know the fucking code to get into the safe. They shouldn't know how to get into the safe. None of that stuff. It's such a tricky topic when you bring up the gun control stuff because, like, how there's not like a 100% foolproof plan to cut down on the terror that that it causes in the wrong hands of, of an individual. But I don't know, man. Realistically, I just think there should be some type of law in place. You've got to have them locked up in the house. If you own them, you've got parents. You've got to register them, have them locked up. You've got to register the safe that you have them locked up in. I don't know. I don't know what kind of I live law by my, could be put in place there. I live by myself, so I like literally my shotguns just sitting next to my bed. <laughs> yeah, before but, I had kids. But I, again, I, I live, kids, I live by myself, so and I, I don't have no kids or nothing, so. But but yeah, definitely I agree. If you have children, you should you should definitely keep your firearms in a safe location. I'm all about though f- teaching your children how to properly shoot a gun and firearm safety and how to how to do a safety check and how to clear a weapon and all that other stuff. Right. But um when when they're of the right age to comprehend all of that stuff, mm. but regardless of what you're teaching your children, you should keep your firearms safe. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, I mean, a 15 year old getting a nine millimeter as a Christmas gift is, is odd to me. I, I find it to be highly inappropriate. Highly a inappropriate. pellet gun, yes. BB uh-huh. gun. Yes. Well, I, I would be fine with, yeah. with even in like a air, hunting air, rifle. Air, air, airsoft gun. Yeah. Or, or like a hunting rifle. Hunting but rifle would be great. A nine millimeter. No, no, that is cause that's what he, cause that's what he used. He used, he used mm-hmm. a SIG, a nine millimeter SIG. And to me, I, for a 15 year old, that's just no, no, I would be perfect. You want to get him a pistol. There are plenty of 22 pistol rifles that can teach you or pistol, uh, 22, 22 pistols mm-hmm. that can teach you how to shoot. They can teach you about gun, like just like Adrian said, gun control, safety. And if you want to buy something, it's your right to buy your kid, whatever the fuck you want to. But again, no access to it. No. Child should not have access to it at all. Especially when they're home alone or they have the opportunity to grab it when no one else is around. Like there's, there should be no access whatsoever that the child should have to that weapon. Yeah. 
and it, and it, my whole thing is is personal responsibility, and so I don't think it's the government's job to make sure that people hide their guns or have their guns in specific places, but just parents in general that needs to be done. And when parents don't do their jobs, when we as parents don't do our jobs and make sure that our children are learning the proper way, that's when accidents and not accidents. That's when things like this happen where people take advantage. Yeah, so they're both both of his parents are basically being charged right now with involuntary manslaughter. Did you see they ran? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm reading about that right now. So apparently um they had agreed to turn themselves in to the FBI like at a certain time of the day. They didn't show up and they said, "Well, we left we left the state for our own safety and and but they said that they were going to turn themselves in, but they never did. And they didn't even so, leave the state. They went to fucking Detroit, Michigan, yeah. and apparently we're in like a factory or something. Um, See, I'm but trying to read up on this that, is but. this is the first that I've heard that they had agreed to turn themselves in, which to me is 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 an odd thing. Like, why are we doing no knock warrants in the middle of the night with some people? So not and always, other people were yeah. saying, hey. Come by at two o'clock, and we're going to arrest you. This is this is what's suspicious. So they said we'll, we'll turn ourselves in, but they didn't show up at the time that they were supposed to. And they found out the FBI found out that they had withdrawn four thousand dollars from their ATM, and that they had also turned off their cell phones. Yeah, I. And of course, I'm. So, I mean, I'm, that's I'm, suspicious. Are you judgmental? A little. I'm hugely judgmental. And when I see that kid, I'm with those people that are like, yeah, you can tell that, that mental health is a serious issue, is a serious mm-hmm. concern. You can see it in his eyes. And then when I see the parents, and I think, I, I just think of myself as a parent, and I do my best to try to make sure I'm understanding, I'm communicating with my kids. And the fact that all the pictures that they shared were from him from three or four years ago, or even two or three years ago, hands clasped like he's the most innocent kid in the world after he just shot four kids, mm-hmm. and multiple other kids, and a teacher. And I mean, that's just evil like that does not just show up. It does not manifest overnight. It does not come out of nowhere. Teachers met with him and parents hours before the shooting started. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, he didn't even leave the building, which means he brought it with him. I mean... So can you blame the school for it, too? If I... And, and the school administration? If if he was being bullied, absolutely. If he was being bullied, the school administration... This is me coming as from a school administrator. Should be held at least civilly, maybe not criminally, uh, just because I don't think there's a precedent for that. It, but But... But civilly liable, absolutely. But I've heard that he was not being bullied, because it's not like is yeah, because it's not like his teachers weren't reporting anything. Because his teachers noticed the journal that he was keeping and that the, and some of the pictures and stuff like that that he was drawing in class, yeah. and they he was actually flagged by administrators for quote behavior in the classroom that they felt was concerning. Absolutely. So the administration knew that there was something up with this kid. You know, so I think there definitely needs to be some kind of an investigation because we take I mean, I take ample notes. We do we do threat assessments. We have multiple systems in place anytime there is a cause of concern for student safety. And that's communicated. I mean, we're we're held accountable at the district level as well. I 
I definitely think there think there needs to be some kind of an investigation on school personnel of were there any signs. I mean, because if teachers knew about this journal and this journal apparently had where he had planned out or at least expressed that he was going to kill kids, that has to be taken seriously. Steps have to be involved. I mean, there's a lot that goes into place. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking, so, so it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So apparently they, they recovered two videos on his cell phone that were made the night before the shooting where he talked about shooting and killing students and then, of course, they got his journal, which basically detailed his wanting to shoot up the school and murdering students. And, and the day of the shooting, a parent was interviewed and said, my son said something was going to happen. I didn't even send him to school today. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. This whole thing is terrible. And then one of the, um, it was like, a, it, was, it was a star football player that was there, a star athlete that was there that attempted to try to stop him that lost his life. Yeah, his parents and his brothers and sisters uh, did a coin toss here at the Big Ten Championship Really? Game. Yeah, they brought him out, and they really? got to stay in their midfield, and that was oh, pretty man. cool. They honored them, and I think all of the Michigan players have a little badge on their jersey to uh, commemorate I mean, this, this, him these things, memory. These things are absolutely tragic. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I, I and hate it. Here's hate the it. only problem that I have with the gun conversation when it comes around this is because this is not the conversation that we need to be having. It's not a gun problem that we have. It's a parenting problem that we have. It's a people problem. It's a social. It's not even a people problem. It's a parenting problem that we have. We have people. Yes. yes, people, but that are not parenting. That do not parent. I agree. And they're both of his parents have been described as Trump loving Second Amendment people. Well, with I that, know. I can't stand Trump, but I'm a huge Second Amendment proponent. And you would see me; you would never see my children have access exactly. to my guns. And the thing anything is, anything like pe- that, people that 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 do, you know, wear that on their sleeve, Second Amendment, all that that good stuff. Majority of them are safe. Majority of them know how to lock their guns up. Majority mm-hmm. of them know that buying a nine millimeter is not appropriate for a 15 year old. Yeah, and it's just the idiots that abuse it and and look. And look away and don't follow the rules. Wonder, Those are the ones that hurt everyone else. Imagine the people that Make break the laws are the people that, that that we should be looking at. It's not the it's not the law abiding citizens. It's the people no. that break the laws. But it makes a problem. bad name for everybody that that is a Second Amendment supporter that that owns a firearm. It it throws shade on them. My question is: Did he ever mention to his parents that he was upset with, or upset at school, or wanting to shoot kids or kill kids, uh, or anything like that? Because if so, then you've why, got a, why would know. the fuck would you buy your kid a gun? You, you would think at least the parents knew. <laughs> if about anybody would the know, they would know. School, they would know. Yeah, and they probably just looked away or didn't take it seriously. And again, I, I'll be the first to admit this: I, I, I think Trump's a fucking moron. I can't stand him. I loved his policies; great policy. But I, I didn't like him as a person. But there are a ton of people that are just Trump idiots that are shitty parents. And there's tons of people that are Biden idiots that are shitty parents. The problem has nothing to do with guns well, it's like, and everything to do with shitty exactly. people and parents. There's a spectrum to every belief, every political stance. And there are extremists, radicalists on both sides of the fence. And once you deal with those people they can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. People that are misinformed or uneducated or don't take the rules seriously, they don't want to follow the rules because they think they're above the law, 
those radical people are the ones that are hurting everyone else. And it's a small percentage of of our population, but unfortunately those are the ones that, that kind of ruin it for everybody and, and force us to have these difficult conversations and pass laws that take years in the making. And the thing is, is pistols, pistols are a huge problem. AR 15s, long rifles like that are not a problem with guns. Pistols are a, no, but pistols are the problem. That's what we see used mostly in gang violence in inner cities and gang violence throughout. More people are killed with handguns than they're killed with long guns. Yeah. That's just a statistical fact. Mm-hmm. And so well, they're easier to conceal. They're easier to conceal. They're faster. <clears throat> easier to carry. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have a lot of pistols, especially uh, like Glocks, that don't have a safety mechanism. Uh, you know, like my... Uh, there's some pistols now that have like double safety mechanisms, like they'll have a thumb safety, mm-hmm. and then they'll also have um, an actual trigger safety. So, I mean, it also really just kind of also depends on the pistol. Now, again, he was using a SIG, which um, should have, I don't think they have double safeties, but it's not like Glocks, so they do have a safety. I want to say those SIGs, those type of SIGs have the, the thumb safety. I want. I want to say. I'd have to actually look at the specific model of the gun that he was using. I think it was a. What was it? A, 2022. Was it 2022? Yeah. Um. So. I think they have a variation that comes with a safety, but I don't think the safety is standard to every single. Type. There's just one of the, one of the guns I liked the most was a Beretta PX4 Storm, and it had a safety, and it was the only handgun I had that had a manual safety like that, that I actually enjoyed. I had like a Springfield XDM. Um, it, it was okay. And it had a, a, a beaver tail kind of located safety that goes in between the webbing between your thumb and your index finger. And you had to have that depressed, uh, when you, you know, when you pull the trigger in order for a round of fire. But yeah, these, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a, a picture of it right now. It, it definitely has the thumbs. I, I, when I, when I carry, I either carry a 40, a Glock 43 or a Glock 19 and neither of them have a safety. And I, I, I don't like the idea of having a safety on a weapon I'm using for self-defense. I just don't. I mean, it's, it's tucked away. It's hidden. I, I have to literally get into it to pull the trigger. I can't pull the trigger while it's holstered. Can't, there's no, gonna, there's not going to be an accidental discharge or anything like that. I don't. I don't feel comfortable having a safety on a on a on my concealed carry. I guess just me being, you know, because for my job I actually am an, uh, a firearms instructor, so I'm all about safety. So, <laughs> so I guess me, I have a, a little bit of a different yeah. point of view. Um, I'm all about I'm all about safety. I guess that's just because that's just what I'm used to. Again, that's what I teach. Um, but do the firearms? I mean, do, I mean, do you do you carry a firearm while at the prison? While I'm at the prison, no. Does anybody carry a firearm while at the prison? No, we don't have weapons inside of the unit. Where are 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 there are there live round ammunition weapons on the premises? In on the around the perimeter, there are. Okay. Um, we have AR-15s and um, 870P shotguns. And then we use three fifty seven revolvers, um, but the like the rifles and the shotguns are pretty much kept in the towers. Uh, again, that's they're they're kept there in case of an escape. Um, and then our 
patrol, which is basically just a vehicle that drives around the unit's perimeter all day, every day, just looking for suspicious vehicles and mm-hmm. things of that nature. They carry the actual three fifty seven revolver on them. Um, but actually, inside of the facility, no, we don't keep any firearms. So you all just have all non-lethal? Do you have a non-lethal array on you immediately? Like do you The only have- thing I carry, the only thing we carry on us is... OC chemical agents. That's it. Not even a baton. We only carry batons during escorts. Of like collapsible high, or of do like, you do the of, old of school like, batons? Of like high security inmates. Uh, no, they're the old school, old school batons. Those things are cool. My grandpa yeah. has one from when he was a cop. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Those are. Did your dad have one? Yeah, he still has all of his stuff from when he was a cop. We need to get your dad back on here sometime. You moved to Blanco, Texas. He'll be here around the Christmas break. We want we mm-hmm. should get him on. Yeah. Talk about some talking about some fun shit. Yeah. <laughs> I still I'm a little and I tell him this. Um if you missed that episode, he was a he was a cop um with APD on the boulevard in the in the early eighties and he was stabbed at a crystal pistol. <laughs> and now that I work on the boulevard, um, every once in a while we we, we get the less than satisfactory people that hang around and mm-hmm. I usually have to go and, and shoot them off. Where do you work like at that. now? Four still. Okay, that's what I was yeah. guessing. But yeah. I was just um, <laughs> and 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 occasionally I go out. Sometimes there's been everyone has been really really polite. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the ones that are really methed out and the ones that are really drugged yeah, up that are taking got... clothes off. And I'm like, hey, just go do that. Go go over there. You just can't you got, be here, man. You got those sketchy hotels and shit right yeah. there. Yeah, we've got All Estes the right there, and like I think it's Sundown. That's on the, the other wagon corner. wheel across yeah, the street. Yeah, the wagon wheel. Hey, at one time in history, those were popping, man. Those were very. Yeah. Uh, luxurious motels. I mean they're still popping yeah, it it's just usually it's just usually popping in a good way yeah it's just usually <laughs> fires uh, like fire there was being. one that was redone on the boulevard that looks really nice like they even gated it off and it they painted it and upgraded it that's kind of over but, across from Highland I think mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it's pretty close to us I think they probably got some grant funding or something yeah from route 66 to do that yeah that's it, pretty cool it looks nice but yeah that's my that's my 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 I don't, I don't want to say goal because it's not something I'm actively looking forward to, but it is something that if it happened, it'd be, it'd be an interesting kind of deal where my dad was stabbed as a cop in the eighties <laughs> and I was stabbed as an administrator in the, tw- in the 2020s, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 40 years apart, multiple stabbings. You never know. Yeah. But just to kind of um, uh, add on to what I was saying earlier, j- uh, just a minute ago about the whole safety on a weapon thing. The reason why I prefer to have a a pistol or any weapon with a safety is because, again, as an instructor, I have seen even grown adults do really, really stupid things and handle firearms uh, inappropriately. And I think that's why um, I wish everybody would would have a pistol if they're going to carry have one that that has a safety right but that again that's just me i mean if you're not a freaking cluck like i've seen a lot of people be clucks in in my line of profession um in my line of work um then then by all means you know carry that glock that's not gonna have a safety you know but I can anybody see it from else, both sides. Yeah. Anybody else, please purchase a weapon yeah, with a the, safety. The average civilian, I would say yes. But if you're a professional, you carry it daily for your job, I think uh, there could be some some leeway on that. See, and here's the other side, too, to true gun ownership. Gun ownership is that 
if you if you have a carry pistol and you actively carry like I do, I mean I do I shoot every single week. Or mm-hmm. if, if if I don't, then I I try to at least every other week. But you have to put in practice. You have to put in mm-hmm. the time. It costs money to do. It's an investment. Yeah, but it's 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 more than just you. You sit there for eight hours one day. You pay 120 or however much it is now. You pay the money. Mm-hmm. You have a gun. You carry it around. I mean, that's that's not the same as as carrying to protect someone. I think mm-hmm. some people, same with anything, people buy trucks and put six-inch lifts on them and, and things because not because they use them for work or anything like that, but because they want to feel good about themselves. Whatever the fucking reason. They have a tiny it's just, wiener. Yeah, it just goes back to people are the problem. The gun's not the problem. I mean, we have to teach. We don't teach the gun safety. A gun cannot shoot itself. We have to teach people safety with the gun. Yeah. Yes. The education's got to go up, and the safety within the home has got to be more secure. I think I think the way that we, I think taking schools out of the integration into the home was a problem a long time ago. But not every school now is doing what the home wants done. Mm-hmm. Homes cannot always parents can't always trust the school. They, I mean, they, they don't like the school, but at the same time, parents aren't investing as much time as they used to in the school because they can't. They can't invest the amount. They can't go up to the school for two or three hours every other day no. or two or three hours a week. To they're see working their, they're, 40 they're to working 60 hours a week. Fucking 80 more. hours a week. Yeah. They, I've got, I can't. I've got to drop my kid off at school, and then I pick them up, and then I go right back to my night job. And then, I mean, that's, that's the reality that a lot of our parents yeah. live in. Unfortunately, children in lower-income communities are left alone. They're left alone by themselves. Mm-hmm. They're taking care of siblings. So the access to these things, I mean, it's, it's a real thing, especially in the lower socioeconomic communities. It's just, I mean, how do you combat that? How do you prevent it? It's just a conversation that's never going to end. And I feel like we're never going to have any I solutions. Feel like we, well, I feel like we stopped having the conversation. There stopped being that conversation of, hey, you're my neighbor. How can I help you? Hey, we're in this community together. Our kids play together. How I think could, those days I don't are want to over. See your ki- I know, and it, they're not coming back. They have to come back. I mean, if he's they have to come back. I agree, but realistically, they're not. Amer- this country's had the we're divided firearms discussion and debate since Columbine, since 1999. Yep, yep. Um, and it's been an ongoing issue. Um, and I don't, again, I think it's more of a mental health issue ver, uh, more than it is a um, firearms issue. I don't think there's so many are, issues think, that just not, surround it. There's not, guns are yeah. not the problem. Um, it's hard to pinpoint. But I mean, it. if you look at, if you look at all of the, I guess, what would you call them? Assailants? The shooters, I guess. Murderers? Uh, yeah, the murderers. The people who committed these crimes, they all sort of have similar backgrounds. They all sort of have similar issues Mental going issues. on oh, with their personal you life. You can almost, I mean, you can easily uh, profile them. They're usually yes. lower to middle class. Mm-hmm. They're white. They're, most of the time they're bullied. They tend to not mm-hmm. be very involved in any kind of extracurricular whatsoever they tend to be significantly more right-leaning than they are Mm left-leaning i mean it is a profile but it's a profile of people that do not understand nor do they accept embrace and try to combat their own mental health 
It's a mental health issue. There's something wrong with being 15 and wanting to go shoot Mm -hmm. someone. Now, if you're being bullied at school and you're coming from a home where there's neglect and abuse, that's just a, that's just a a powder keg, a powder keg. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to blow up. And those kids are, I mean, that's, that's horrible situations, but it Mm -hmm. seems like with this kid, it seems like there was a lot of red flags in that kid's life that should have stopped this shooting from ever happening. Right. And there were four kids that, that lost their lives that never should have from this fuck. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And, and, like, you can, like, take Virginia Tech, for example. You can't tell me that after watching those videos that he sent to the media that he did not have a mental health issue. Exactly. That exactly. dude was that dude right. was batshit fucking crazy. That is, that is a, a pattern that, that is prevalent with all of these cases. And it just, as, as a younger person, those parents have got to intervene. It's, it, it starts with the parents. But the problem is, is the parents are our age now. And we know, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I don't, I don't know how PD went. But when I was in high school, this sh- we weren't taught how to be adults. Plain and simple. People are getting out of high school, going into the real world, and having a false sense of what life is. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being in high school and thinking adults had shit worked out. That clearly is not the case. Because I'm an adult and I don't have my shit worked out all the time. No. I mean, there's no discussion about what happens when you completely fail. There's no real character building. There's no real developing individuals to be successful in society. Yeah, the social emotional learning should be a huge proponent within schools and should be something that they have to take every other year so that they're exposed to life. We teach, we do a really good job of teaching content, but the school, Life the school we districts, need we need to teach behaviors because the behaviors are not being taught at home. Coping yeah. skills are not being taught at home. How to deal with real world conflict resolution. These things are not being taught at home. Like how to take used a to fucking be. ass chewing. How to take right. an ass chewing. God how, damn. how to not talk back when someone's trying to give you constructive criticism. Oh my God. Don't that even word get me right there started. alone. We have adults that cannot handle constructive uh, criticism. And Yo. It's just going to be a problem that's going to be Yo. there moving forward. Adrian's like, I'm the choir. Am I You're fucking, that dude, in my line of work? Again, that's all I deal with, and it's not just like the young. Because you know, in my academy, I'm getting people. I'm getting kids that were born in 2003 coming to fucking oh, trying to dog. work at the fucking prison. Crazy, you know. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. God, that's that just seems so young. It it does. Seems like yesterday. I was a junior in high school, sophomore, junior in high school in 2003, and now, yeah, those kids are already old enough to. Work at the prison. Yeah. They're yeah. what is it? They're eight, that's eighteen years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, and you chew their ass out. They get in their feelings because they don't know how to chew it out. Take ass chew and they quit. You they know? quit. Yeah. Well, they see it as something that's an attack on them personally instead of hey, this is shit that's going to happen in the real world. This is shit mm-hmm. that you need to combat. We have a generation of people, and it's not it's not just one generation. I mean, it's not this new generation. I battle it's with that every generation. day as a coach, man. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to coach in this day and age. And, you know, you, you try to implement discipline and you get restrictions put on you. You get complaints. But it's out of wanting these young people to be better. But they don't see it that way. They, they take it personally. They yeah. take yes. it as a, yeah. a breakdown. And it's hard to, it's hard to, 
to connect with them and make them understand that I'm trying to teach you the shit that I did not know when I was and your age so that you why, can be better. Why do you think it's like that? Is it because the way were they coddled growing up and spoiled growing up and that's why they no, can't take an ass no, chewing? No, no, I think what it is is there was they were never explicitly taught what it is. We explicitly teach at the elementary level, we explicitly teach children how to take sounds of letters and put them together to make words, but we do not explicitly teach them how to how to take criticism we do not explicitly teach them that what they're going to do is going to be wrong 90 percent of the time of their life until they're about 40 and if they're lucky it's only going to be wrong 80 percent of the time we try to teach that there's just not enough time to do that because there's so many other things we have to do it has to be explicitly taught those life skills those yeah, behavioral the life skills, skills are, are pushed to the back burner and we don't explicitly focus on that area, which we should, because that's life. That's who you are, you know, behaviorally, mentally, socially, emotionally, those things are important. That learning is important and we just neglect it. And it's a shame. I, I try to make my young athletes understand I'm up to, I'm this upset when I get onto you, when I chew your tail, I'm this upset because I care. And they don't see it that way. They take it as the exact opposite. It's because the, the what what the, in my opinion, what they're trying to make us do is teach all this through the lens of all these different curriculums, all these different core contents. Like we're trying to teach ethics and morals while looking at how this how slavery was absolutely terrible for our country. We're trying to look at how to grow past hardships when we look at like the civil rights act. We're trying to look at all this stuff and stuff and teach it through the lens of, of academics, but it can't be done that way all the time because that's not what kind of background the kids have to attach to. They have to attach to the last three and a half years of their life. And that's all that you have to build on to teach these skills. They can't relate to things that happened 60 years ago because they don't have the ability to, right. to connect with it. We've just, it's unfortunate because we know we're never going to get to that point where that is at the forefront. Yeah. The social emotional learning is at the forefront yeah. and it should be because the mental health of health of our young generation is important. So we can avoid these school shootings and avoid these, these disastrous things that people do this, the, the self inflicted things that they do to themselves. And that education to me is more important than math, more important than learning about, you know, the civil war. Yeah. That stuff should be, forefront it should be blatantly obvious that if you don't have that type of education within a young person they're not going to know how to function in the real world yeah we have to teach them how to be them before we can teach them anything else all right this has been a great episode and we are going to end it with a special fuck mary kill now this is inspired by y'all's trip last night and a little bit of the conversations that we had earlier in this podcast. And so this is exclusively to breakfast foods. Oh, here we go. <laughs> exclusively to breakfast food, breakfast foods, fuck, Mary, kill sausage, ham, bacon. Oh, you got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. I'm going to go it's first easy for me. I'm going to go first. Well, then too bad. You're going to wait. I'm going to kill <laughs> ham. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck bacon, and I'm gonna marry sausage. You would marry sausage. God damn. God him. <laughs> God him. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> ham, ham is ham to me is not a breakfast food. Uh, and if I have to choose between sausage and bacon, uh, I think I'm just gonna choose. I think I'm gonna choose sausage because I like it in burritos more than I do bacon. 
And so if I have to have it, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna last me. Hey man, I, I'll have to agree with you with the ham. I've got to kill ham. I've never been a big ham person, even on Thanksgiving. Like I'd rather eat turkey, to be honest with you. So I'm gonna marry bacon, and I'm going to fuck sausage. You would fuck sausage. I'm just never been a big ham person, so. They're oh, my three. James likes that chorizo. CC. Adrian? Um, I would marry sausage. I would fuck ham and I would kill bacon. I don't I just don't really care for bacon. The only time I, I like the only time I like the only time I like bacon is on poppers, jalapeno poppers. Yeah. I'm not big on pork um, anyway. That's pretty good. Or, poppers are pretty fucking or bacon bits on a fucking salad or something, but I'm just I'm just not that big of a bacon person. I love sausage though, sausage links, sausage patties. Um, Never would have guessed. <laughs> Sorry. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, ham? No, no bacon. That kind of surprises me. I mean that I there's there's very few people that I know that are that just not a, not bacon fans. I mean, I'll eat it. It's just like as far as breakfast. If I if I had a choice, I would choose sausage over bacon. I'd rather have beef all the way around. I think the reason not big on pork. Yeah, I think the reason why I don't like bacon, like as as far as breakfast goes, is uh, it sucks cooking it. Like it gets all you get all that grease. And then it fucking pops on you and fucking burns you and stains shit. Stains your shirt. Yeah, stains your fucking shirt, you know. The counter's all I don't greasy. have to worry about that with sausage. Yeah, yeah, the stove gets all greasy. There's so many different sausages you can buy yeah. these days. A turkey sausage tastes more comparable to, to regular sausage than turkey bacon does to regular mm. bacon. So I'll agree with you on that. Things sausage better than they bacon. It's hard to turn down bacon, though, because you can put it on anything. That's why it's specifically for breakfast. Yeah, because I don't think I. Th- I think if it was, I think if it was, I think if it was ever arcing where it was every single meal and just in general, I'd have to switch it and I'd have to marry bacon because I'm with you. Because I don't think I could ever give up jalapeno poppers. No, those are just. That's yeah. probably like my top five foods. Yeah, jalapeno poppers. It just it's it's fucking delicious. Well, you can eat them all through the year at any time, and they're always good. They never like go out of style. Armadillo eggs. Popular. Those are uh, good too. Armadillo is that with brisket? Um, it's actually with chicken chicken breast. Chicken mm-hmm. breast. But chicken the breast brisket ones bacon. are the the what do they call them? Texas something. Like, Texas, Texas Twinkies. Texas goat nuts. Texas Twinkies. Texas Twinkies. That's what they call them. Okay. So basically, jalapeno poppers with brisket. Um, Goonies, our our buddy David, excuse me, <laughs> was selling those uh, on his menu at Goonies for a little bit as an appetizer. They were amazing. Really, I never had them there. He, I've never he, eaten at Goonies, but I want to try it. Are you serious? You need to come yeah. with us sometime. Yeah, we should all go because it, it's amazing. It's my favorite Asian fusion, Asian food in general in town. I mean, I love it. It's it's the best. Which we speaking gonna... speaking of Asian fusion, I just want to give a shout out right quick to my nephews. They got a food truck going right now here in Amarillo. Um, they typically are parked at the Atria End over on Paramount 
across the street from the old big uh from the old Tyler's mm-hmm. uh, and Malcolm's restaurant. is right there too. Yeah, Malcolm's w- is across the street. Um they've got a food truck going. They they're some days they're open for lunch and dinner, some days they're just open for lunch and or or just open for dinner. Uh but Adam on Snapchat, they're at at Hood Eats 806 um and their snapchat will have all their their hours and their location i feel i, I think well. i feel like i've heard of hoodies it's been around for a while adrian took well, me last weekend and it is it's like a mix between yellow city and goonies it's asian food yes it's so good like asian fusion like james had pokey nachos mm-hmm. okay so yeah it's a little bit of a fusion yeah but they what the fuck is a pokey my, nacho okay <laughs> I can't describe how the chips were made, but it had like this this um, drizzled uh, sauce on on the on the chips, and had slices cubes of tuna and avocado, and it was amazing. That yeah. sounds good. See, and my nephews, my my nephews, they're both half Laotian. Um, my oldest, my two oldest sisters, they both married Laotian dudes, and so their their children are half Laotian, half Mexican, and so they typically make some of your popular Laotian food like beef jerky and sticky rice which they actually use brisket instead of beef jerky oh, so it was amazing and they do chicken wings and sticky rice they also do uh, some Korean foods like they do a they're called bao buns bao buns I think that's how, I think that's how you pronounce that um, they also do fried ribs. Um, and there's a few other items and stuff like that um, on on the menu, and what's that? Bol 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 bowls? I I can't pronounce. I think that's what it's called. I think she's trying uh, to say bukkake, and I don't think that's <laughs> no, what no, she's no, trying no, to no. talk about. It's not that kind of podcast, Adrian. If you don't know what that is, don't bo- look it up. It's b it's b u l g o g i bulgogi. Bulgogi. Burgagi. Which actually literally stands for fire meat in Korean. Mm. It's a little spicy, dude. I could so, I could eat Asian food twenty four seven. I think that's how you pronounce. If that. we if we did a fuck marry kill one day and Asian food was in there, it would have to be the thing I marry. I yeah. I probably could give up every other type of food. Even I could even give up Mexican food. I think I could. I think because, I could too. Because it's, it's there's a, such a variety. They're close neck and neck. I love them both dearly. I do. But yeah, Asian food, it's so unique and there's so much variety. Yeah, I would probably have to agree with you on that. And and other than I mean there's some dishes and maybe 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 I'm 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 talking out of my ass on this. There's only a few dishes that seem in Mexican food that really embrace fish. Right. Whereas Asian I mean, food has it depends on where you has a lot. I I I Am I, I wrong? Am, in I that? am not a fan of Mexican seafood dishes, except for ceviche. Ceviche is awesome. Ceviche is good. I like fish other, tacos, but that's not really the same. Other than that, <laughs> I do. don't really, I don't really <laughs> care for Mexican seafood. The subtlety yeah. with you, James. It depends. I mean, there's some, like in the, the coastal regions of Mexico. I feel like if you go down there, you're going to get amazing. Mexican seafood. Anywhere you but live on here, the coast, though, you're going to get amazing yeah. food. But here you really don't get a good um, sense of what it really could be or what it really is fresh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not as good. Exactly. Now, there are a few places in Amarillo that fly in 
fresh seafood, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't Scott's fly in? Uh, I feel like Scott's Oyster Bar does. They get oysters, they, fresh oysters. Drunken Oyster claims to get their Boo. shit from New England, but Boo. I don't know. I've been there once. I only yeah, I went there, there once. I've when, never when been they there. First I've, opened and I would I wasn't. It's a hoity toity like. I've got uh, a guy I used to hang around with. His name's Mason. He works there. I think he's a server there or something. But yeah, I don't. I my I, I love my wife to death, and she doesn't listen to this, and so that's okay. That I say that. <laughs> but she she is pretty basic when it comes to hey, let's go out to eat. Like we've got a fucking hey, we have a night where we have a sitter that actually wants to watch three really wild and just loud as shit girls. <laughs> let's go eat somewhere, and she's like, okay, let's go to Texas Roadhouse. Like that is oh. that is her go to, and she gets the same fucking thing every time. Um, so I don't, you know, we don't we don't eat out as many as much as we used to do you try to entice her to venture out and try new things i try and that works about as well you ever tried skiing uphill <laughs> that happen. shit is significantly easier just than doesn't happen to go somewhere else. it's not it even significantly easier it doesn't uh indian food i tried that one evening with adrian and joseph and man it was amazing it was like one of those foods like it fits what i like it's spicy it's hot the bread is amazing. The only thing, definitely something I want to go to again. Only thing Amarillo is missing is a good Caribbean restaurant. Would it do very well? I honestly can't see it doing very well. Jamaican food, yeah, I, yeah it would. Do you think it would? Do you oh, think, yeah. Do you oh, think yeah. Amarillo would handle? Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. Okay. I've only have had, you ever have you ever had Jamaican? Food? I have. I'm trying to think of what it's called. It was when I was in color. It was the last time I was in Colorado. Um, it was this small fucking uh, farmers market that we went to, and he had it was it, it was kind of like an empanada. Essentially, it didn't sweat as much as an empanada, and it was Just filled a, with Jamaican. It was filled like a with like a jerk beef. Jamaican patty. Yeah. And it was yeah. <laughs> Asian's like, is this what it is, Scott? This is a Jamaican patty. Yeah, it was oh God, it was fucking delicious. He oh, had yeah, two they're, different ones. One amazing. of them had potatoes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. When, but I just Amarillo does really well with fucking chicken places. Well, and that see, seems and that's like that's thing. about it. If you're gonna and bring something in. And that's the thing, is like Jamaican jerk chicken is amazing. Jerk ribs, amazing. Like um, I think I think it would do well here um, if it's made right. Um, Jamaican patties are awesome. Um, we don't have a very we don't, we don't have a lot of people we from Jamaica that we don't. immigrate this way. We don't. I mean, and we have then, a lot of people from Middle East. We have we have a lot of people we got from a lot Africa. Of Afri- Africans and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but we don't have a lot of. I mean, we don't have a lot of restaurants that sell explicitly. And that's why I like African foods either. And that's why whenever I go to the East Coast, as soon as I get to New York, that's the first thing that my dad takes me to go get is Jamaican food or or Trinidadian food, which the like the signature dish in Trinidad is called roti. And that shit is amazing. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I miss about New York is the food. Just the food. <laughs> I want to try one of the places. It's, That's the only reason I want to It's an travel. Asian food place, and it's like a marbled meat that you dump into this vat on the table in front of you that's with, like, boiling oil, uh-huh. and you just cook the meat in it, and then you eat it fresh from that. And it's like a highly marbled, marbled Wagyu-type beef. And it just... Oh, nice. Shit like that looks good. Yeah, that's the, that is the best thing about traveling, 
It's certainly not meeting the people because everybody, yeah, everywhere you meet is I just care fucking less. dicks. I just want to see the scenery, the historical places, and the food. That's what I'm about. Yeah. So. I think New York has, New York City has the best food. Has to. And and you can get any food that you want there. Like you can get Italian, Italian, Mexican, um, Cuban, Puerto Rican, uh, Jamaican food, uh, Korean food, Japanese food. See, uh, you can get I mean, that in a just, lot of places, but New York is where it's it's authentic. Oh yeah, because it's people from those from those, from those from, countries from those countries. Yeah, that just like hey, well we're we were in America. The one thing that we can do is cook. Yeah, everybody will automatically love and automatically yeah. enjoy is it's just we a, can cook for people. Yeah, yeah, it's a port where everyone comes in too. Yeah, like, like when so. when you go to Chinatown in Manhattan, like you're getting real authentic Chinese food. And then you, you can know? go down the street and shoot up heroin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some building in some room. Yeah. Here you go, sir. Yeah. Here's your needle. All right, this was a this is a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Was. it. I enjoyed it. I like I like when we can when we can record back to back weeks like this. I hope we can do it again. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, episode sixty seven, folks. I'm Jared Scott. I'm James. I'm Adrian. See you guys next week for episode sixty eight. Peace. Almost to sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have a special picture for that one. <laughs>